Hey everybody, George Robson here, Worship Arts Pastor at Ocean Grove Online Church. Welcome to another one of our podcasts. I want to encourage you to stay with us for this week's scripture reading and message. Amen. We're going to be spending the next few weeks looking at some of the I Am sayings of Jesus found in the Gospel of John. Now, if you're just with us today, or each sermon will be a standalone, so you won't get lost. Um, But we're going to look at a a number of these in a row. And here they are. Here's all seven, again, from the Gospel of John. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door, or I am the gate, in other translations. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. We're actually going to start our series, if you will, with the last of the, uh, of the I Am sayings of Jesus from John 15. I am uh, the true vine. The scripture is in your program this morning. If you'd like to follow along, I'm going to read the first eight verses. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. God, we thank you again for your word this morning, and we pray that it already is tugging at our hearts, opening up our souls, and informing our faithfulness and our discipleship. God, speak into our hearts this morning. And may this be a message that we take with us that changes and shapes us even more into the people you desire for us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In order to put these words of Jesus into context, I want to lift up two um, pieces that I think will help us to understand the importance and the power of this last of the I Am sayings on the part of Jesus. One is that we need to go all the way back to the Old Testament. We need to go back to Exodus chapter 3 and a conversation between God and Moses. There's this wonderful moment in chapter 3 when God appears to Moses from the burning bush. God tells Moses that he has heard the cry of, of the Israelites in slavery in Egypt. And he wants Moses to go to Pharaoh and demand that Pharaoh release 
the people from slavery, free them from slavery in Egypt. So let me pick up the, the, the scripture, Exodus 3, starting in verse 11. Moses, but Moses says back to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I tell them? God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. So these I am sayings of Jesus actually are a reflection of Exodus chapter 3 and this conversation between God and Moses. God introduces himself to Moses with the expression, I am who I am. And this statement became a way to connect with God personally and was used by the people of Israel throughout their history to convey that God always was, always is, and always will be. In using this expression, Jesus is explicitly connecting himself and identifying himself with the God of Israel. Jesus is bearing God's presence on earth. And again, in 15, John 15, 1 and 2, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. And that brings us to the second contextual piece of, of this passage this morning. John 15 takes place in the context of Jesus with the disciples in the upper room at the Last Supper before he'll be crucified the next day. He was preparing the disciples for his impending death. He wanted to teach them the important and critical things about the nature of what it means to have a genuine relationship with Jesus. And as he did in so many other conversations, he uses analogies and illustrations to help his followers understand what he means. In this passage, he refers to himself as the true vine. Friends, vineyards were commonplace all over Israel at the time, that the listeners, the disciples would have been able to picture in the mind what it meant to be a vine, what it meant to be a branch, and who it was that was the vine dresser. Jesus was using this analogy to help his disciples understand the importance of having a fruitful relationship with him. I'm the vine. I'm the true vine. God is the vine dresser. You are the branches. He is describing the nature of the relationship between Jesus, God, and us as his people. Now, my guess this morning is that each and every one of us here, each and every one of us online knows the importance of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Is that a given this morning? 
And if it's not a given for you and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, come see me after the service. I would love to talk to you about that and, and pray for you about that. But right now, I want to make the assumption that we all know how important it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope every one of you does. But we have this other word to consider based on John 15 this morning, and that is this word, fruitful. Is it a fruitful relationship? Is our relationship with Jesus fruitful in the way that God desires for it to be? And what in the world does that mean if we're to understand, do we have a fruitful relationship with him? This is an important question for us to consider, friends, because Jesus tells us in this passage that unfruitful branches will be taken away. If you're fruitful, the best you can hope for is to be pruned. None of us are getting out of this without some discomfort. But if you're unfruitful, your branches are taken away. On the surface, this sounds fine and logical, but have you ever experienced the Lord pruning your life? When he does so, the end result is often wonderful, but the process produces sometimes short-term pain and discomfort. And God's pruning, he might remove certain people from your lives that are draining your spirit, that are leading you astray, and that are crushing your soul. He may completely alter your career. Hello. <laughs> he may change your life plans. He may put you in a location that is unfamiliar. He may take away some things that we have relied on in an unhealthy way. All God's pruning in our life. And he does it because he is invested in our growth and he wants us to have an abundantly fruitful life in Christ. I'm the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me, and whoever I abide in, they will bear much fruit. For apart from me, we you can do nothing. Now when I read a verse like this, I'm reminded of the saying, all that's done for self will pass, only what's done for Christ will last. Anybody hear that before? I'll say it again just in case you haven't. All that's done for self will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. John 15, 5. If we abide in him, the true vine, we will bear much fruit. We will bear quality fruit, meaningful fruit, lasting fruit. Apart from him, we can do nothing, certainly nothing of lasting value. When Jesus spoke of himself by saying, I am the true vine, he was trying to help us understand the value of being connected to him by faith. A deep and growing relationship with Christ will result in peace in all circumstances, hope in trials, strength in adversity, and joy that cannot be taken away. 
but a deep and growing relationship with Christ will also result in godly fruitfulness. Last week I mentioned the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5. And again, if you need a reminder or weren't here with us, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. One of the best lists in all of the scriptures. But one of the biblical scholars I read in preparation for this morning said, the fruit of the Spirit, think of it as our inner fruit. But then he went on to say, our inner fruit should affect, should drive, should motivate, and inspire our outer fruit. Our inner fruit should inspire our outer fruit, our love, our joy, our peace, our patience, our kindness, our goodness, our faithfulness, our gentleness, and even our self-control ought to lead to us being fruitful in the name of Christ. When we have a fruitful relationship with Christ and live to please him, the result or evidence will be that we make behavioral choices that reflect the presence of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit through our inner fruit. In Matthew 7, Jesus says his true followers will be recognized by their fruit. Matthew 7, verse 16 through 20 By their fruit, you will recognize them, Jesus says. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. By their fruit, you will recognize. So here in in John and here in Matthew, Jesus once again is saying, if you're not bearing good fruit, you are at risk of being disconnected from the vine. And I think the word thrown into the fire was used a couple of times in those passages. But here's another scripture reference that that really spoke to my heart this week. And so if you need another one to help convince you that what I'm sharing with you is is, uh, on point, this comes from John 14. This is just a little bit earlier in this, again, ongoing dialogue between Jesus and his disciples in the upper room. And Jesus says, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do will also bear the fruit that I bear. And greater works than these will they do because I'm going to God, because I'm going to the Father. So the word that I keep getting from God this week through these I am, through this I am saying of Jesus is this, this question of, is the fruitfulness in my life, does it resemble the fruitfulness that was evidenced in the life of Jesus? Jesus taught <laughs> Jesus taught and modeled God's way of life. Am I teaching? Am I modeling God's way of life? Jesus helped people in real and tangible ways. 
Is that what the fruitfulness of my life looks like? Jesus healed people. He forgave others. He comforted those in need. He strengthened those who were weak. And he challenged those who were in power. Is that what fruitfulness looks like in my life? Came alongside those who needed guidance, help, and just someone to journey with them. He calmed the storms. Am I a storm calmer? Or am I a storm agitator? What does the fruitfulness look like in my life? He stepped into the gap between the rich and the poor, between the powerful and the marginalized. And friends, I could stand up here all day and talk about the fruitfulness of Jesus, but what I want to really emphasize to all of us this morning, does our fruitfulness resemble Are we living a fruitful life as a disciple of Christ? Is there evidence by the fruit that we're bearing that Jesus is our Lord and Savior and he's living, taking up residence in our heart, in our soul, in our mind, and in our strength? What does my fruitfulness look like? What does your fruitfulness look like? Are you bearing godly fruit for the kingdom of God? Are you willing this morning to commit to being a fruit bearer for Christ? Are you willing to allow God to prune you so that you can bear even more fruit. Jesus is the true vine. We are the branches. Whoever abides in Christ will bear much fruit, much fruit, much fruit. May it be so for you, for me, for us as the church, for all of us together as the people of God. Let's pray together. Oh God, we, now I'm going to make it I. I commit to you this morning, oh God, that I want to be a great fruit bearer. Not great in hey, look at me, but great in the sense that everything that I do, every word that I say, every person I meet, every action I do is fruitfulness for the kingdom of God. And God, there's only one way I can do that, and that's through the power of your Holy Spirit. So I pray for the Holy Spirit to be in my life and work through my life and to empower and equip my life to be a fruit bearer for Christ. And in the quietness of this next moment, I I sense that there may be others that are, are, are wanting and willing to make that prayer their own. And we're just gonna allow that to happen 
as the band plays and we speak to God personally and individually. God, we acknowledge this morning also that before we can bear fruit for the kingdom, before we can be fruit bearers for Christ, we must be abiding in Christ. We must be uh, living in Christ. Jesus needs to be our Lord and our Savior if we are to bear fruit for him. So God, I pray for anyone here this morning or online worshiping with us this morning that has yet to make a commitment to you. This, in fact, is the moment when they say yes. Jesus, come into my life. I want to be a fruit bearer. I want my branch connected to the true vine. God, we invite you. We receive you as the vine dresser in our lives. And we pray that you would prune us out of love to help us to not have a wasted motion or wasted space or wasted time in our lives that we are not productive for you. Prune us, O oh God so that your fruitfulness may reign in our lives. And God, when the Holy Spirit works and we are fruitful for you, we give you all the praise and the glory and the thanks. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We really appreciate you staying with us this time around. Remember, you can always search out other podcasts from OGC by looking up Ocean Grove Church or type in oceangrovechurch.com slash podcast question mark format equals RSS in your player of choice. And if you'd like other ways to stay up to date on all things Ocean Grove Church, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Ocean Grove Church, on Twitter as OG Church, and don't forget our website, OceanGroveChurch.com. And you can contact us via email at OceanGroveChurch at gmail.com. Until next time, we bid you peace. <laughs>